Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and this is the place to come to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France and right around the world and share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Today, my guest is a Bellamy and she has become a regular now on Lulabelle's Francophiles, chatting to us before about all the places to drink champagne in Paris and also an episode about some of the more tucked away places to visit in our favourite destination. Bonjour, ma Bellamy, Karen Gruby. Ça va? Bonjour, Lou. Ça va et toi? Ça va bien, merci. Alors, Karen. We have travelled numerous times together in France and try to keep our Francophile hearts satisfied at home here in Australia as well with wonderful activities like French yoga, which is run by another beautiful friend of ours, Louise from Sri Yoga, who also did a podcast episode a while back. We also go to French-themed festivals and restaurants. But today, we're going to chat about something that has happened recently in Melbourne, the Alliance Francaise French Film Festival. We, oui. it's always an exciting time of year when the French Film Festival begins. Um, we've been to opening night a few times before at the Astor Theatre. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was just before lockdown last year. Mm. It's always a wonderful party atmosphere and a chance to see one of the best French films that are showing during the festival. I know. I love to eavesdrop on all the conversations at the after party as there's so many native French speakers to go there. I can kind of get my fix and pretend I'm at a party in Paris for the evening. And the Astor is just such a beautiful grand old theatre, isn't it? It makes it even easier to daydream about France when we're there in such glorious surroundings. I just love it. Absolutely, it does. But this year, we didn't attend the opening at the Astor, but we did go to the Brighton Palace Bay Street Cinema and watched Eiffel. Oh, we. Now, I couldn't attend that day and haven't seen the film. So tell me about Eiffel. Eiffel is such a great film, such a treat. It was based on the true story of Gustav Eiffel and what he did to build the Eiffel Tower. Mm. He was such a genius, having just finished a bridge in Bordeaux. So we understood the effects of large structures and very wet ground. Oh, right. Of course, La Tour Eiffel is on the banks of the Seine. So that makes sense about the wet ground. I didn't know that. Yes, it's a fascinating story of a man who cared so much for the architecture and the people building it. Mm. It was supposed to be a temporary structure, but he was very clever and he changed the bolts and did different things so that it actually couldn't be taken down, which I didn't know. It was quite amazing. Mm. He, he was determined also that no one would die building it because back in the end of the 1800s, I mean, they would just tie men on with ropes onto the structure. It's just, it just was quite phenomenal. Yes. Anyway, um, Gustave is played by actor Roman Juris. Mm-hmm. He's a wonderful French actor. And I remember seeing him in a film called Populaire, which I think was based on the 50s and 60s, like a typing pool, secretary businessman type thing back in Paris. Anyway. It was a lovely movie and it was released about 10 years ago. Oh, well, I must go and see Eiffel. I'll check if it's available on download or streaming or in some way like that because I'm not sure if it's still in the cinema. But I'll pop the links on the website for Francophilas to check how it might be available in whichever country you're listening from today. 
So have you seen any other films that have been part of the festival this year? Because the program they put out had loads of films and now the cinemas are open here in Melbourne after COVID, we can get out a bit more. Oh, yes, we were very lucky this year because last year everything locked down just mm. as it started, mm. whereas this year I was able to get to two more, so which was lovely. One of them was called Delicious, which in French would be Delicieuse, mm-hmm. um, and it was aptly named because it was an absolute feast for the eyes. Oh. Um, the film set back in 1789 France just before the French Revolution. Oh, I am so fascinated by that period in French history. Yes, it, me too. It was just lovely and it tells the story of a particular duke or aristocrat. Apparently he st- they stated back in those days what had to be served food-wise at their table mm. and his cook wanted to create and perfect his own masterpieces. So in this particular night when he created something of his own, he was sacked. And that led to him opening the first restaurant in France where anyone could come who was from an aristocrat to farmer or whoever. And the film is just so beautifully shot. I mean, the costumes, the palaces, but also the way they film and shot the actual food itself. It's just stunning. That sounds like a wonderfully intriguing story. Do you get a sense of what life was like for the ordinary person during that period back then through the movie as well as the aristocratic way of life that we so often see in films? You do, especially when you're talking about mainly in the country because it wasn't filmed in Paris. It was a village um, in the middle of the country in France and how poor, the poverty, the contrast, you can see you know, why the revolution happened. It's quite amazing. Yes. But um, I'm not also sure how much of the film is accurate. Right. I don't know whether this man actually started the first French restaurant or what, but it was still a, a lovely story. So it's not necessarily a historical documentary, but it's a lovely story set in that period of time. That's right. Okay. So were there any French recipes in the film that you remember that I might be able to place a link for on the website? Well, I was thinking myself along that line because I was watching parts of the movie again and the reason the cook was sacked was he created a dish with potatoes and truffles. Oh. And that sounds delicious and obviously why the film was called Delicious. That's right. But the different people at the table that night were horrified because back then potatoes and truffles were fed to the pigs. (gasps) Oh. He got sacked. So I couldn't, and I've looked for a recipe that has potatoes and truffles, and you can do like a mashed potato with truffle or something. But another recipe, knowing that we'd be discussing, in, you know, wanting to share a recipe that I love, I was thinking about it and I came up with gougères, which are a choux pastry cheese um, appetizer, which I had in France. Oh, how lovely. How beautiful, yes. Well, I might share a recipe for that. And if I can dig out something that is a potato and truffle recipe, we might throw that in there as well because I love truffles. I love potatoes, but I adore truffle. We might share both on the website. So what was the third film you saw? So far we have I Fell, then Delicious or Delicieux. What was the last film you saw? The third film was called Antoinette in the Savines. And the Savines is a particular region not that far, I don't think, from the Dordogne in France. And it starred the actress Laure Calamine. I think that's how you pronounce oh, her name. Ah, Now, to help Francophilus picture that, the Cévennes is in the south of France. It's almost in the centre of the south. It's west of Avignon and Provence, and it's east of the Dordogne, as you said. It's kind of halfway between Lyon in central France and Marseille on the south coast, and it is in the mountains. 
very hilly and rugged and very beautiful. Mm. The scenery in the Savines in France is just, it's just breathtaking. So this film is the story of a woman who has an affair with a married man and ends up walking for six days in the Savines with a donkey. Oh. <laughs> the donkey's called Patrick and he's like the... He sort of steals the show, as they say. It's a funny and very touching movie. It must have been very difficult to shoot with a donkey because that's part of the fun is the fact that he's so stubborn. I don't know how they could get a donkey to move and do what he needed to do. And I often think with French films that they show the characters in a very real and true way. Mm. Sometimes the stories are quite simple, but it can be very entertaining and funny, but very in a, a subtle way. Mm. The Savines, which is an area of France that I'd actually never heard of until this movie, so that was another delight in seeing the film. Mm. Um, and it looks so beautiful on screen too. I often think that the setting for many French films lends so much to the overall experience of watching the film. So having travelled near that area a bit, I can only imagine it would have been beautiful to sit back and watch. So I look forward to seeing that one. Yes, I'm only sorry that I was unable to see more films this year, but three were still very special and they're all very different. And I understand that Antoinette and the Savines must have been very popular because it's still showing. Oh, terrific. Okay, so I can get to see that one on the big screen then. That's great. Yes, it would be great also if a few more French films could be released during the year. So fingers crossed. I agree. Um, Perhaps we should ask the cinemas to drip feed us the films from the festival across the year so we get to see them all because it's very hard to get to see so many when they're out all in March. That's quite a challenge. Hello, Karen, was there any music from any of the films that we could share with our Francophiles today? I was sort of thinking about this and each film had a beautiful score but there wasn't a particular song as such that I could think of. Mm. But it did sort of make me think of a song that I loved from an American movie a few years ago. The film was A Simple Favour. And it's a song by the beautiful French singer Françoise Hardy. Mm-hmm. And the song's Comment de dire adieu, which means how to say goodbye. And it's just a beautiful song oh. from the 60s or 70s of France. Yes. Well, Given that that is a French song in French and sung as part of a film score, we might listen to that one. So thank you for that suggestion. Francois Adi, comment à dire adieu. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that suggestion. We will listen to that now. So merci, Karen, for spending this time with us today. As always, your research and knowledge is just such a great benefit to me. I can't wait to go and see those films now. So au revoir et à bientôt. Au revoir, Lou. Merci. And here is Francois Zadi with Comment à dire adieu.
sur l'index Nos nuits blanches, nos matins gris bleus Mais pour moi une explication vaudrait mieux Sous aucun prétexte je ne Dear Adieu by Francois Zadi. I will place the link for that and all the other films and petite tippets we've chatted about today on the Little Bells Francophiles website. Now, Karen mentioned in the film Delicieux that the chef was sacked by his employer for presenting a dish of potato and truffle, which at the time in France was considered something that should really only be served to pigs. But of course, these days we know that potato and truffle are a match made in heaven and we'd be horrified to see such a delicacy go to the couchant and would revel in being served truffle et pomme de terre at dinner. So I searched for a recipe to share and there were all sorts that came up from roasted potatoes with truffle and garlic to homemade potato crisps with truffle and of course the one that has become a favourite in many French restaurants, potato and truffle mash. But one that I read that really got my taste buds flowing was a roasted garlic and truffle mashed potato, which is made with a chicken broth and heavy cream added to the mash. Perfect for the cooler weather, which we are just starting to see in Australia. Karen also mentioned one of her fave French foods as well. Gougier are French cheese puffs made from choux pastry. They can be served as a finger food or even in place of bread to dunk into your soups and stews. They are really simple to make and can be frozen if making a large batch. And they reheat perfectly as well. So I'll place the links for both of these gastronomic delights on the website so that francophiles listening in from all over the world can cook up a storm of French comfort food. So c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. I am so loving hearing from francophiles that you are enjoying being transported to France as much as I am. So to be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Little Bells Francophiles on Insta and head to the Little Bells Francophiles website as your place to stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. Au revoir, mes amis. Bonne journée et à bientôt.